This is Authenticated, the Diecast Collector's Podcast from Lionel Racing. Authenticated, the Diecast Collector's Podcast from Lionel Racing is back on the air for episode number 24. And I actually got the number of this episode correct this time because last time was episode 22 again because I didn't realize that the episode before that was actually episode 22, so that would have made it 23. But I was like, no, I want to hear Alex quote uh, Taylor Swift again. You're setting her up to sing. Yes. There's so some songs it, about 24, I don't think. Mm, mm. I bet you're going to find one. Well, if you had done 23, we could have done Blink-182. Yeah. but hey, That's why we skipped it. Yeah, exactly. No. Yes, we didn't We didn't need to go there. But I'm sure I'm sure as we talk through this, Alex will be Googling and Shazamming something about the song 24. But in the meantime, though, we do have a lot of uh, exciting things going on in NASCAR and in the diecast world. Uh, some big wins since the last time we joined you just a couple of weeks ago on the podcast here. And uh, a lot of things have happened in the NASCAR world with uh, drivers going to different places that uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about just yet. And we will touch on that later on in the show as well. Plus, we have a giveaway for you folks. We know that there's a lot of NASCAR Authentics fans that listen to our show each and every time that we go live with one. And uh, for those NASCAR Authentics fans, we have another giveaway for you. We've had a couple through our social media channels over the course of this past week. And now we've got another one coming your way later on in the show. So definitely stay tuned for that. In the meantime, though, uh, I want to introduce you to uh, myself because I am vain and, you know... (laughs) I am the man. Uh, Matt Kenfield here, Lionel Racing, uh, leading you through another show. And uh, excited to be joined by my two co-hosts here tonight. And we're going to start with Carlene Marginian. Carlene, welcome back to the show. It's been a couple of weeks since we sat sat here in our studio slash conference room slash lunchroom slash whatever else. <laughs> things with like a whiteboard with all kinds of diagrams on it. And we've it's been there forever. We still haven't figured out what Every it is. time we do a show, we try to figure out what it is. There's like you know all kinds of letters and numbers and graphs and arrows and like upside down smiley faces and all that so at some point we're going to try to figure out what this is uh, we could probably <laughs> ask a question but it's way more fun just to imagine what it could be 100 but carlene hi I, I don't know where we were going with that but i'm, I'm glad we've came come back to you oh, uh, me too. how exciting was that race in bristol i know in your household it was uh it was a big night at uh, bristol wasn't it yes my household was very hype i literally so i've been in the like swing of drinking sleepy time tea and i had to pour my tea out because rfk was running up front almost the entire time and i knew it was going to be a late night right. so i couldn't finish my tea. okay bristol Raceway, whatever what is sleepy time tea sleepy time tea is like chamomile and lavender like in a tea it's supposed to like help calm your body and like fall asleep faster and can like you mix stay it asleep. with whiskey probably <laughs> i put lemon juice in there and um apple cider vinegar but you pick your poison i guess uh, hey hey did it, it probably gets the job done the other six nights out of the week just Correct. not race night understood race night. Uh, understood well uh that that's good things we'll talk more about that rfk racing win at bristol in just a couple of minutes but uh, alex pullman also joining us here today and 
I bet you, I don't know. Have you had any conversations with the folks at RFK? You're a production manager for the RFK account. Have you had any discussions with those folks since their big win over at Bristol? I've had a couple, but not necessarily with the win. It's just stuff prepping for next year. So stay tuned on that. Ooh. But uh, yeah, so it was a big win for them and I'm, I'm really stoked for them. I, I think that was a, a feel-good win uh, on many levels. Uh, Chris Busher is a great kid. Christopher. And, yeah, cor- correct. Yes, sorry. Um, uh, we'll touch on that, too, later on in the show. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, Busher's a great guy. Uh, a lot of good folks over at RFK Racing that have been with that organization for a long time. It's been a long time since that organization went to Victory Lane. So uh, uh, really happy for a lot of those folks over there. And uh, certainly Junior Motorsports winning again in the Xfinity Series, Thorsport Racing in the Truck Series. We'll touch on all that later on in the show, as well as uh, bring back some info on that NASCAR Authentics giveaway. But first, we're going to talk about everything that happened at the World's Last Coliseum. Is that get World's- that right? Great. Last great. Last, Last great, great Coliseum. Coliseum. Yes, thank you. And it's not the world's fastest half mile, as they call it. Anybody know what the world's fastest half mile really That's, is? It's not Martinsville. Winchester Speedway in Winchester, Indiana. I only know that because just ballard if that's how you pronounce her last name her boyfriend races and she tweeted that that like both of them have that same title correct correct and And i bet you know that because you're a short track uh, i've been i've been to winchester speedway i've actually seen jess's uh boyfriend travis braden uh race there before in the arca cra super series in the winchester for him when i first started yes you did absolutely it was an arca car yeah was it the west virginia car you got it i did i remember everything comes full circle (laughs) here on authenticated but we'll get into all that and a lot more here coming up next but first let's talk about everything that happened at bristol Opening round of the 2022 NASCAR Cup Series playoffs ended at Bristol Motor Speedway. Lots of drama, some big names not making the cut to make it into the round of 12. Uh, But at the end of the day, it was Chris, Christopher, whatever else we want to call him, Busher. Chris Topher. Chris Topher, Going to victory lane in that number 17 fast and all Ford Mustang. And uh, look. Chris Buescher, we've had him on the show before. Great guy. Um, won a duel earlier this year. I'm not sure that he was on a whole lot of radars for going to victory lane at Bristol Motor Speedway, especially the you know playoff guys usually step their game up a little bit. But as we've shown in the first couple of races, this first round. Doesn't matter. It nope. truly doesn't matter because it's, it's still game on for every single car in the field. But uh, Chris Buescher going to victory lane for the second time in his NASCAR Cup Series career. But uh, what I'm happy for him is that it's his first, you know, on track, taking the checkered flag, mm-hmm. you know, winning it the the right way, the real way. Uh, instead, I think it was fog. I think that yep. uh, no, caught that game. Pocono. Oh, Pocono. Yeah, yeah, Pocono. Uh, 2016. Uh, 2016, that's right. And that was with Front, front Row. It was. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really happy for him. Um, you know, what was kind of your takeaway? Alex, I'll start with you. What was your takeaway about Chris Buescher? Was it, the, you know, the strong call by Scott Graves to get him out and, you know, keep him out front there towards the end of the race with the, the uh, two-tire pit stop? Uh, or was it just, you know, nice to see RFK racing go back to victory lane? You know, what was kind of your takeaway when you saw that checkered flag fall on the 17 car? I was just happy to see rfk and chris busher get to victory lane because i know that this year he's had speed he's been in contention a lot of times to he's run well and he's been in contention when a couple races but you know i know that team has kind of struggled as they go through the paces of you know rebuilding the organization as it goes but 
it was really nice to see someone who really appreciates the win and is out there and he was super excited and the whole organization gets him hyped and it was yeah and he and he beat chase elliott it's not like you know mm-hmm. that, that was a wonderful thing it's you know i know he's not in the playoffs but it's good to see not gonna say the little guy but beat nascar's most popular driver right and arguably one of the favorites for the championship you know i know the hms cars haven't been running as well as i think they'd want to be running uh lately um but uh still chris busher going to victory lane uh means a lot uh not just to chris and you know i know he's got a they just announced that they're ex- adding on to their family Queen and if, is coming in december yes Yay. so you know a lot of cool things going on for him and what you, you really appreciate uh, uh about a guy like chris is you know when he was on the show with us before he's just he's a relatable guy right mm-hmm. like he's he's the kind of guy that would stick around for two hours after a podcast recording just to shoot the bull with everybody that's there, you know, mm-hmm. not cause he's a NASCAR driver and he has to be there. He just, I see had nothing better to do that afternoon, but <laughs> hang out and just talk racing. And, and, and I think a guy like Chris Buescher might not, you know, he sells diecast. Don't get me wrong, but he's not on, you know, the chase Elliott levels, you know, right. he's not in our top 10 best selling diecast every year, right. but he's the kind of guy that if, it's easy to be a fan of his. Is that, is that a fair way to put it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. He stayed like two extra hours at Bristol signing autographs for kids. Like, oh yeah, that in itself is huge. And I saw a post where the one lady was like, my son's asleep on the bench over there. Will you like come take a picture with him? And he was like, yeah, sure. Like he's just such a down to earth, good dude. Like I've met him a couple times and literally he's just like, Hey, what's up? Like, right. you're like, you're Chris Busher. Like you're a NASCAR cup series driver. And he's like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he doesn't take himself seriously. Like a lot of the guys do he, like the other guys would just ignore you unless you were maybe a kid, but Chris is like, Hey, I'm a normal guy. You right. know? Hey, what's up? Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's nice to see. And even with the week before with Bubba going to victory lane, you know, it's nice mm-hmm. to see, you know, guys that don't go to victory lane, you know, all the time, you know, Bubba's won a race uh, previously at Talladega last year. And again, now, and now Chris Busher's won uh, twice in the span of what, five, six years, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. My math is terrible, but six. yeah, somewhere in there. Right. Um, but uh, you know, when you see that just because you're not in the playoffs, you can still get the job done. That's got to be Jones. Exactly. And that's got to be huge for let's just take the RFK team that since Daytona. Now, I think at Daytona, when both cars won the dual races, we were thinking, oh, boy, RF, you know, whatever, whatever Mojo Brad brought to that team is going to just make it lights out right now. Right. Again, it's Daytona. A lot of guys can win Daytona and it's it doesn't necess- it's not necessarily a precursor. But I think we all thought the RFK racing when we left Daytona were was going to have a better season to this point than they have. So I I think that proving that they can go to victory lane on a short track, which, you know, it, it it takes skill and it takes, um, you know, the right setup. It's not just going to victory lane at a place like Daytona, Talladega, something like that, where it's Mm -hmm. kind of a crapshoot. You got to have a lot of things fall your way. This was a win that was earned. Right. Yes. So I think that this could be something and I got a feeling inside those walls at the shop and maybe you guys would know from your conversations with folks there. Um, this has to be kind of like a really good kick in the butt almost, you know, yeah, over the next seven weeks, whatever it might be, might be a good deal for them. But I think there's looking long term into 2023. This has to be something, you know, knowing that you can get the job done at, at a track where you have to earn a win. 
has to be a big deal for momentum. Absolutely. And you look at Chris and Brad, and yes, it's like Brad Keselowski, champion, you know, and he was running extremely well at Bristol until that, what, right front went down. Right. Which was my fear for Chris, but it didn't happen, thank God. Um, mm-hmm. But like, no <laughs> Chris is the consistent at RFK, right? He's been over there the longest. He's worked with the guys the most. Yeah, they're both in new cars, but you kind of got a base how they're doing off him. And then Brad is like the new variant, right? right. So with Chris going to victory lane in a quote, legit way, I just think that shows just nothing but positivity from here on out. Well, and I like how they say that, you know, Brad believes in Chris and he, that's, you know, he's very adamant about having Chris on his team because he believes he can, given the right equipment, he can perform just like um, with the top tier guys. Yeah. Cause he wanted him over in the 21. There was that quote that he was wanting him with, um, what brothers, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they didn't pick him up. So it's just awesome to see that your teammate slash owner has so much faith in you. Yeah, that, and, and it, it's really good, again, especially for those guys that have been to the shop that have seen some pretty lean years, you know, in, in the Cup Series, Roush Racing, before Brad got in there, hadn't been what they were, say, in the early 2000s, late 90s, you know, when they were just lights out um, in the Cup Series. And, you know, their Xfinity program it was cursed right so Mm -hmm. like that didn't leave a whole lot of good taste in a lot of mouths either uh but certainly with the rebrand and having brad's uh input and you know ownership stake into it uh going into the 2022 season uh has definitely breathed some new life and chris bush are getting their first points paying victory uh in the race yes technically they got points for the duel because someone pointed that out to me that if you finish in the top 10 you still get points so technically they got points at the duel because that's what I put on Twitter. And someone was like, no, no, no. Wait, you mean there's people on Twitter that are quick to quick out, out to our keyboard? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So let's say first regular season points paying race. I guess you could call it that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tricky situation. First race that matters. Maybe there we'll you put go. That way. <laughs> uh, but a uh, big deal. <laughs> yes. The, the BFD of racing, yes. Uh, <laughs> congratulations again to Chris Busher and that number 17 team. The Fastenal number 17 uh, race win diecast is available. God bless you. Is available for order at LionelRacing.com by calling 1-800-952-0708 or contacting other authorized Lionel Racing dealers. Uh, it's definitely one you're going to want to add to your collection to commemorate a great race at Bristol Motor Speedway. And at the end of that race, though, of course, we did eliminate four drivers from playoff contention. Two, <laughs> what's so funny? Yeah, one of them have... was her pick for champion. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, dang it, you, you're 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 cutting me off on something I wanted to go for there. But <laughs> go uh, ahead, go to. So there were four say? drivers eliminated. Two that you know uh, were uh, maybe they're all surprises. Maybe none of them are surprises, but Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Tyler Reddick, and Austin Dillon all eliminated from playoff contention. Alex, how does that make you feel when uh, the last time we had a podcast, we had a championship prediction. Remind me again, who you picked Tyler Reddick. Okay. Was he, or was he not one of the four drivers eliminated at Bristol? He might've been. All right. So, (laughs) Let the record show, Your Honor. Hey, hold on. Alex's championship pick was out in the first round. I did read something that was pointed out to me, and I don't know if anyone else read this, but 
the four that were eliminated were the past, present, and future drivers of RCR. I literally have that written on my paper. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is true. I never even realized that. Yeah, so it's like, RCR had a real bad weekend. Real rough for them. <laughs> real rough. Yeah, yeah. And and look, Austin Dillon needed a, some late season heroics to, to get into the playoffs. Probably didn't have a playoff caliber season, you know, at, Maybe next year that will be a different when you have a new driver in your L- in, in the element there. Uh, Tyler Reddick had a pretty good year. Uh, that might be a bit of a surprise that he's out in this first round because he had been so strong. You know, certainly won a couple races, but and was a championship pick in some people's minds. For some of us, I don't yeah. really know why you would think that, but you know, it's still a good strong <laughs> season for Tyler Reddick. And again, kind of what we talked about with RFK Racing. Tyler Reddick's success this year and Austin Dillon going to victory lane, you know, that had to give the folks and welcome uh, some good mojo going into the It was a welcome surprise. Right. And obviously (laughs) over the last, I don't know, four, six weeks or whatever it is when Tyler Reddick first announced that he was going to leave RCR at the end of 2023 and then all of the question marks and rumors and everything like that of who was going to end up taking that eight car uh, that we now know to be Kyle Busch. Um, probably some funky things going on, you know, under those mm-hmm. walls over, you know, a wide range of emotions. Like where do we, what, where do we go right now? Where do we go next year? What, you know, how does this all play out? Um, so again, kind of a, a tough, uh, a tough playoff uh, start, starting round, I guess you can say for the RCR camp, but Kyle Busch and Kevin Harvick, obviously former series champions, being out in the first round. I don't know. Is that a surprise? Uh, you know, you tell me. Is that a surprise that those two drivers or either one of those two drivers is out in this first round? I'm going to say yes, it's a surprise for Kevin Harvick being out because I felt like they really started to get like that fire going back underneath them, and I f- feel like they had some stuff to prove, and I thought they were at least going to make it to the next round. I'm not surprised about Kyle Busch because with the whole RCR funky stuff going on over there, I feel like there's some funky stuff going on over at Gibbs. And your engine blowing up twice Mm. in three races, uh, how? I just don't understand. Yes. (laughs) And and it was tough. It was tough for Martin Truex to answer that question, too, because he blew a motor and he's coming back next year. He answered it with a middle finger. That was wonderful. Right. But, you know, so can you say that it's because of Kyle and Martin's coming back? He's already said he's coming back next year. And he's 2311 guys had issues, too. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a lot of problems going on in general. I just find it very intriguing. It's inopportune timing for stuff like that. You're going to Chevy. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, well, but again, I, I understand, you know, the, the foil hat brigade thinking that there's conspiracy theories and stuff like that. It, it's it's low-hanging fruit, right? Like a guy who's leaving his team um, has problems. There's got to be some intervention in there, right? right? Yeah. Like that's that's the low-hanging fruit. That's the easy way to look at it. But it goes back to the same thing, and I firmly believe this with the Tyler Reddick situation. You know, when he announced that he was going to leave RCR at the end of 2023, you know, there was still a season and a half, basically, that he's under contract with RCR. Now, that might change now. Who who knows what the future is going to hold? But until we knew that Kyle Busch was going into the eight car, you know, there was a lot of people thinking, oh, RCR is just going to, you know, let Tyler Reddick, you know, waste time, not even put him in the car. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to do anything. No. 
uh, again, I'm flashing back to pre-Kyle Bush announcing this. They need that eight car to run well. They need sponsorships. If the eight car runs poorly, I don't care if Jimmy Johnson goes back into that car. If that's an underperforming car, sponsors might not be super excited right. to join up with a 15th place car. You know what I mean? That's just the reality of it. They need that car, whether you know the current sponsors or to attract new sponsors to that team, they need that car to run well. It's the same thing uh, with you know all the JGR cars. Those cars have sponsors. Those cars have stakeholders. All those guys in the shop get paid more money if they succeed. Nobody's going to purposely, you know, grenade motors for these guys because, Alex, you're looking at me like you think I'm wrong, but I, I have worked in these race shops before. Nobody is thinking, you know what? I want us to suck this week. Let's not finish the race. Right. Let, <laughs> you know. I'm not sure where I can draw the line here, so I'm just keeping I know Matt's just trying to prove me wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not. I, I'm. I'm. Maybe I'm. You know, look glass half full kind of guy. I don't know, but I don't. I don't believe that there's. You know, somebody's gonna purposely look at an engine, and be like, you know what? I'm not gonna tighten that bolt on there because I want to see my driver fail. I'm not gonna say that's necessarily what's happening. I'm just gonna say when you have larger organizations like a Gibbs or an HMS, maybe that maybe one of their cars they're trying some experimental stuff on that your other three may not that's, have that's and they fair. may run a little bit different than right. the others and and they're intriguing that is fair sounds like she's got insider information i know what the like heck that. there's <laughs> it, not in this situation she said it in such like a well like, I, no, I, the, it's something from the past that i know about so. at, right and at the same time Look, I, I will tell the story. I will I will not. You can ask me on Twitter, Facebook, whatever, to tell you which driver it was. I will never reveal which driver it is publicly. I'll tell you guys after we stop recording. <laughs> there are teams that have not been big fans of their drivers. Mm -hmm. That there was a time at New Hampshire Motor Speedway, gosh, I'd say 15 years ago, where a driver said the week before, if this car ever runs as bad as it is right now, just give me a shotgun. Oh. And you know what happened at New Hampshire the week after? The pit crew had one in the pit box for him. <laughs> oh, I, my I, gosh. Will, I will never reveal which team it was, but <laughs> oh, I, I, can't wait to find I out witnessed this, this story firsthand on pit road at New Hampshire to prove that it happened. 15 years ago. So, 2007. Ew, that was 15 years ago. 2007 was 15 years ago? I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. Just mm. I'm just reaching for whatever year it could have been. You did state earlier that your math isn't very good. Correct, but it, I would I would say that's pretty yeah. accurate. So what year? What? Yeah. So that was the year, the first year of the COTs. Yes, it was definitely a COT car. Um, I'm full of useless knowledge. Well, that's that's, <laughs> that's, a that's okay. Car. car of tomorrow. tomorrow. It's when they oh. started putting the the whole um, the, the wings and the yeah. splitters and gotcha. Yeah, the splitters cars were large. The in, wings were in, large. In hindsight, those things were terrible looking cars. They look like the cars from uh, Transformers. Correct. Yeah. I do know what they look like. I just, and I know that name. I just don't know the COT. Right. So, you know, but I, I, I truly don't believe that anything like that is going, I could be wrong. I, and, and if somebody from Joe Gibbs Racing wants to come on the podcast and say, you know what? We did. We screwed that car up. I I welcome you to come do that. We, we, and we we'll will... change your voice. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I want to know. This be like Dateline. Yes. Uh, then, 
trust us, we need the ratings. So (laughs) if you would like to come, come clean on our podcast, we would love for you to do that. But uh, we can't help you in witness protection. We can just change. No, no, we'll we'll do it low key. You know, we'll meet. Yeah. Yeah, we can meet at a Starby somewhere or something like Ooh, that. And I, I like that. <laughs> no one has to know what we're recording star- for. He said Starbies. You heard right. it? Oh, I heard it. Yeah, but uh, uh, so I don't know. It, it'll be really interesting to see what else happens uh, moving forward. You know, if suddenly that 11 car for Joe Gibbs Racing, which is my championship pick, who's still in contention, by the mm-hmm. way, Alex. And he just got Kyle Busch's pit team. Yes. So, you know, if that team Not starts... Not going to stop him from speeding on pit road. Well, sometimes... She's always got to get her two cents in. Right. I... I'd rather have a speeding penalty than be eliminated from the playoffs, but <laughs> that's My just driver's still in it. Not my championship pick, but my, like person i pulled for your championship pick yeah, though. i'm gonna have to get a new one now point. i don't care what who you're pulling for i'm just telling you on we have on audio record <laughs> which know. driver you picked i picked tyler reddick i was wrong are you happy now yeah. and we have that on record that's awesome i love that i'm going to clip that out <laughs> the i am wrong yes and I am going to put it on a loop inside of our in-house pe- like speaker system here that only goes off when there's a fire alarm or like some natural disaster oh <laughs> That's awesome. Tell me I won't. Uh, but after what you did earlier today, I have no qualms that you won't do it. <laughs> I like to play pranks. That's fun. Uh, we should have taken video and put that. That should have been a TikTok. That was we're, hilarious. Where were we on that I one? literally like, like I, I didn't said, know you did it. So, I, I just looked at. Yeah. I'll just so I walked into the office this morning and th- we've had a rubber snake in our office for a month, maybe. Since the park popped up. Yes. Yeah, since we brought it. We had and like that snake has actually been here longer but he just showed up indoor Mm -hmm. park built in our kind of like common space area we put some astroturf and some benches and some interesting things picnic tables that smell like pine trees which i don't hate that yeah i mean hey whatever gets you through the day um (laughs) but somebody brought in a rubber snake thinking that would be fun and sometimes it is kind of is (laughs) yeah and somehow it ended up on my desk this morning so i decided since alex was not in, in for, late yeah you know well she had a reason but never mind that she was here after i was here so i picked it up and i said well i'm gonna find some place to put it and it ended up in your garbage can so you didn't notice it until probably two hours after you arrived and you went to throw your first thing away no and, uh, i came in your shriek i no, i i came in to heat, and i heat up my breakfast and i went to throw something away and it's like holy <laughs> there's a snake that was it fun. It was kind of awesome. Yes. Also, it ended up on your desk because of Michael K. I knew it would. And well, I assume I don't Michael know. K put it in my garbage. I didn't know what he was doing over there because Strizzy walked by and then Michael K walked by and I didn't even ask questions. But then you were like, how did the snake get here? And I'm like, had to be Michael. Right. Which kudos to John Strizzy and our sales team, who's been on our show before. It's a great episode in Daytona. That uh, uh, He's a big Steelers fan. I'm a big Patriots fan. We had a head-to-head bet on that game. And since the Patriots won, he owed me a bottle of Fireball. So... Party, party in my office. It wasn't just a bottle. It was a handle. Yeah, I mean, this thing, yeah. Is it still at your desk? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Party at my desk after the show. Uh, (laughs) Let's get back to the the racing uh, action at Bristol Motor Speedway. Well, who is your, are you surprised that Harvick and Bush are out? You never answered. So I, I am surprised by name that those guys are out. I am not surprised by performance this year that those guys are out. That's fair. I didn't. You know, I, I'm not conspiracy theory or any other way. Kyle Busch has not run well this year, you know, and again, 
has the contract issue been on his mind or anything like that, but I don't think he has been the reason he has not been the reason the car has not run well this year. Mm -hmm. He's too good of a race car driver to have the kind of issues and the kind of season that he's had. Um, I think top to bottom, Joe Gibbs racing hasn't been as good as they needed to be. Um, and Harvick the same way he went on that little hot streak, went in two races in a row there, but prior to that was not very good. Mm -hmm. And since then has been better, but again, it's tough to suddenly hit on something in July and say, okay, we're going to go run for a championship now when we've struggled from right from February through August, kind of just staying afloat. Mm -hmm. You can't, I don't don't care. I mean, unless you find a turbo booster in your car or something like that, you're not going to, you know, you might find something that makes you better, but it's almost too little too late at that point. Well, and at one point, I mean, it could have been a whole different round of four. Right. That were eliminated just because everybody had so many issues. Gosh, I don't understand the point system. Well, I mean, because you and I were talking about it's like Cindric was in, Cindric was out, Kyle Bush right. is in, Kyle Bush is out, Blaney, Blaney is pitting 17 times and staying on the track, he trying was to down, get like 120 speed. laps. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, how are you still in it? Right. right. And, you know, it, and it's the same thing. Like, even after the first race, I think at Daytona, when Chase Elliott was down there and was you know there's still lots of a couple of races to go but there was a chance that he might not have even made it Mm -hmm. into the round of 12 but because he had a pretty solid first you know regular season part of the season that he was he was sort of in danger but he really wasn't he was relying on the success that he had earlier he had in the enough season. of a cushion to kind of get him right. through I, yeah i felt but, like if a guy like harvick when he went on that little hot streak and was running top five for a few weeks in a row won those two races if that had started sooner in the year he probably, he might have even, well, he did have problems at Bristol uh, and even the week before that, too. Um, he probably would have been a little bit safer, I guess, is the best way to put right. it. Yeah. You know, the, the, the regular, you know, the playoff system and, and the, you know, how it all and then the rounds and all that stuff. It's important, but I think we've seen how important those first 26 races are first to kind of set yourself up for that. And if you go on a hot streak, that's great, but you got to do it pretty consistently uh, in order to give yourself that cushion in case you do have a bad race or two in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, But I do want to touch on the NASCAR Xfinity Series side just real quick with Noah Gregson winning his third straight series race. And uh, I'll tell you what, if if he wasn't the championship contender, and I know Alex doesn't like to hear this because she's a big AJ AJ Allmendinger guy, I don't know how you can say that Noah Gregson's not the favorite to win the championship right now. Is anybody going to fight me on that? No, but I'm worried about that poor boy's health. He just keeps like in his laundry. Oh yeah. Yeah. Can he not get a white fire suit? Like, yeah, that's. Yeah, please. No. That, that's tough, and you know, I know lots of people were talking about it. Certainly after this past week and and the week before, and when he's had some issues, I guess we can say inside the car, mm-hmm. um, but. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is, there could be some un- underlying health issues there, right? You know, like I know he, he's been on the record on in some interviews and things like that, saying that during COVID, he, you know, had himself a good time and stuff like that that might have done some damage to him. And, and that could very well be it. I'm no doctor. Just play one on TV. Um, But, you know, if when we get to 600 miles at Charlotte next year, you know, and when we get to doing 500 mile races, every yeah. single week in the Xfinity series, at least you have a week or two off here and there. Cup series, you get one week off from February till November. You get one weekend off. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, 
for those of you who have never seen me, I am not, I am larger than the average bear, right? Like I am not a small person. I am in no, per, no right mind to tell anybody how to, you know, be, live a healthy lifestyle. But if there are things that he needs to change, now's a good time to do it. Cause yeah. you know, if you're going full-time cup racing and, um, you know, he's had a taste of cup racing, you know, he's done a, a good amount mm-hmm. of it over the last couple of years, certainly this year. And, uh, between colleague racing and beard motorsports and things like that. Um, but to do it every single week, it's yeah. going to, it takes a whole different level of, you know, fitness and stamina, you know, the, gone are the days of Dick trickle smoking cigarettes inside of his car yeah. and Jimmy Spencer weighing <laughs> 400 pounds inside the race car. Those days are over with, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got to be in tip top condition to race with these guys. So, uh, and if it is just something that he's got to work through, maybe, you know, maybe hopefully he works through it. Who knows what it is. Kudos to him for, you know, you know, kudos to him for winning and being consistent and on a roll. But I don't know how you chug a beer after doing all that too. Because his mouth tastes gross. And he's got to get it out of his mouth. Either way, but like, But I, I get that. The NASCAR Xfinity series in 2023 is going to be have a huge gap in its personality without Noah Gregson in it shotgunning a beer even if he's sick to his stomach not feeling it you know whatever the situation is shotgunning a beer on the front stretch he is a personality that the Xfinity series will be missing next year I don't care who what other driver you follow in the Xfinity series and there are some great race car drivers in the Xfinity series none of them have the personality that Noah Gregson has. Yep. None of them have the cachet that his name and his attitude and everything like that has when he is successful. There's great guys and, you know, certainly guys that can hoot and holler when they win races and stuff like that. But as far as top to bottom being a great quote, being a great ambassador for his teams and his sponsors, he, he never forgets Johnny Morris and Bass Pro Shops and all of his sponsors in his interviews and stuff like that. He is a great ambassador and the Xfinity series will be missing Noah Gregson next year. Absolutely. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's, you know, hopefully somebody steps into those shoes. There's plenty of young guys that might end up being the next Noah Gregson in the next, you know, five, six years, whatever it might be. But, uh, you know, I, I just touching on your point with shotgunning beers after you've already been sick inside your car. Like, look, this guy gets it. He does his burnouts and tears his car up just so that he can make a cool race win die cast. You know what I mean? He's said that, you know, and I hope he wins a ton of cup races, but as far as just talking Xfinity series, they're going to miss a, a guy like him. I wish he had different schemes though. Cause like, it's yeah. just like the Kyle Larson situation and his cars are super cool. Don't get me wrong. But like, I'm not that strong of a collector to be like, Oh, let me get the exact same car just from a different track. I get it. I get it. So I'm pumped to see who's his sponsor next year. Yeah. Yeah. That's too, still to be announced uh, with the petty GMS team. Which, have we even done a show since Noah said that he was going to the Petty GMS? If we haven't, congratulations, Noah, going to Petty GMS next year. Yeah, I think we did. Maybe we did. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Who knows? Regardless, congratulations. We also tweeted about it, you know? So, we've got it out there. We're pumped for him. Absolutely. Regardless, we're excited. You go, Glenn Coco. If he's going to keep climbing the fence if he wins. Right. I'm intrigued. Yes. And uh, had to beat out uh, Brandon Jones, who will ironically be taking over that nine car next year. And That's what I said. When I was watching it, I'm like, have the nine and the 19 ever gone head to head like this before? Mm, probably, but I can't think of it. Yeah, nothing like that situation. So yeah. I was like, of all the moments, it's like a, 
I don't know. It's it felt full like, circle. Thank you. Yes. Like well, very it, big to watch. It, you know, and kind of like we talk about like the conspiracy theories, what's really happening with Joe Gibbs racing, you know, did that play into Brandon Jones's mind when he was racing behind the team and the guy that he was, you know, I, I know in some subsequent interviews, he said that it didn't cross his mind. How does it not? It crossed his mind. You know what I mean? That's a, that's a tough you know, Jan- January meeting at JRM when you walk in there the first day, like, hey, guys, remember that time I junked your car for the win? Yeah, mm-hmm. sorry about that. My bad. You know, but. And the team owner's up in the booth watching. I was literally, yep. Yeah, that's true. There's yep. no way it wasn't in his brain. Right. No way. All right. So uh, kudos to the JRM team and Noah Gregson on their third straight win, 6th of 2022, the number nine Bass Pro Shops True Timber Black Rifle co- Coffee Rifle coffee, coffee. <laughs> Chevrolet Camaro. Kudos to AJ for winning two regular season championships in a row. Gotta put that in there. Yeah, mm. I do. Also, my championship pick is Josh Berry. That's solid. Did we do Xfinity championship here? Picks? I don't think so. I thought we did. Did we? Well, I guess we can. No, we didn't because the playoffs. They just technically just started. Yeah. We thought who we thought might assumed. Yeah, yeah. And we hadn't done trucks. Well, I thought I. I thought I picked Josh Berry. Did I not? Uh, probably. Okay. You're a big Josh Berry fan. I, 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 I just feel like he's like a, I don't know, he's just there. Yeah, he's just there to win races. Absolutely. And yours is AJ. We already know. Shoulder shrug is all right. we got. People can't see you shrug your shoulders <laughs> you on, gotta, on the podcast, yeah. just so you know. Yes. There but uh, that diecast, of course, Noah Gregson's race win for the third straight week in a row. Available at LionelRacing.com, 1-800-952-0708, or other authorized Lionel Racing diecast dealers. And last but not least, the Truck Series race last Thursday. Ty Majeski picking up his first NASCAR Camping World Truck Series victory at Bristol. And uh, great to see selfishly a short track guy uh go to victory lane on a short track but uh that thor sport team alex i know you've had a lot of conversations with the thor sport team to see them go back to victory lane i know they've had some great success over the you know certainly a championship with ben Rhodes last year Mm -hmm. and ben going to victory lane but to see some of their other teams uh succeeding as well it's got to be pretty pumped up for those guys in sandusky absolutely and i've had ty majeski on multiple teams so it's really good to see i don't say like a little guy win but it's he is little have you ever seen him i have i have seen him (laughs) um so yeah one of my actually one of my favorite die casts is a ty majeski truck but um but yeah i I was really really happy to see him go to victory lane and put himself into championship contention and side note our one of our sales reps actually met with thor sport and the sponsor that was on the truck in bristol previous to that race and said he's gonna win that race and he turned around and he won that's cool that's pretty impressive uh that number 66 road ranger toyota tundra going to victory lane at bristol um uh, and, it, and it's going to be fun to, to make that die cast as well. Hopefully it makes MOQ. So if you haven't gotten those orders in, definitely do it. And it has. This just in. Dun, 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 dun. It has. Awesome. That's uh, that's exciting. That's hype. Yeah. That is, that's cool. You know, and like I said, I, yes, I'm a, I'm a honk for short track guys, right? But um, Ty Majeski's done it kind of the right way. You know, you see a lot of these short track guys just buying their way into big rides and things like that just to have a shot at the NASCAR Top 3 Series. Uh, Ty Majeski has started with the family team, hooked up with some great guys in Wisconsin that, you know, there he's a native of uh, to build a super late model team that's been very successful and won a snowball derby and has kind of done it the organic way. Um, And uh, it's really great to see 
Uh, I will forever be a fan of somebody who does it that way, right? That kind of starts at their local tracks, goes to regional touring, short track series, works their way up. And and Majeski got kind of knocked down. We talked about that cursed Xfinity series team with Roush racing. He got knocked down a little bit through that whole program. Uh, the other two guys that were in that car have gone on to better things, uh, in, in the cup series and things like that. But, uh, he didn't necessarily, right. He right. got kind of knocked back down, but he's still there knocking on doors and going to victory lane for the first time in the truck series. That that's a really good deal for him. Absolutely. So, that race win, Toyota Tundra, the Road Ranger, number 66, available at LionelRacing.com by calling our friendly call center agents, 1-800-952-0708, or contacting other authorized Lionel Racing dealers. We mentioned the call center. I think I'm going to make it a point in one of our upcoming uh, podcasts to have some of our call center agents on our show. Oh, my gosh, yes. Would they be into that, Carlene? I know you used to work with them. Uh, I think they would be into it. I think Sharon would be the best one. Right. However, she gets like shy. Oh, no, so no. That's I think what once I got you get her talking, for. yeah, <laughs> she'll have so many stories. She's been here for forever and yeah. everyone knows Sharon. Exactly. Yes. And I know a lot of listeners, uh, get to speak with our, our call center agents on a pretty regular basis. So I think it'd be kind of fun to put some personality behind, Absolutely. behind their voices that help uh, place orders and answer questions and things like that over the phone. So, uh, we might try to hit that, uh, up in the next couple of weeks as well. But before we get to all of that exciting, all of that exciting things, no, that's proper, improper grammar. All of those great things to talk about, we have some fresh paint diecasts, and we'll talk about those in just a moment here on Authenticated. Fresh paint this week is chock full of all kinds of new diecast releases, and to tell you all about them, here's Carlene. Here's me. Hi. Hello. Um, so in the freshest of Win Fresh Paint, as you guys already know, is the Chris Busher, the Noah Gregson, and the Ty Majeski Bristol cars, which we just went over. And other race wins are the Kansas race wins. For Cup, it was the Bubble Wallace number 45 root insurance car. And for Xfinity, was the Noah Gregson number 9 Bass Pro True Timber Black Rifle Coffee. Good job. Great looking car. I hope you have less sponsors on one car <laughs> next year. Like keep them all, but like one at a time. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> we also have the Chase Elliott Napa diecast. One of them was the number nine Napa CRC brake lean. And the other one was his Napa blue def. Um, I don't pick what we offer. I just read and post about it. So please don't come after me. Thank you so much. Um, we also have the Ty Gibbs number 54 Cub Cadet Xfinity ride. The Eric Jones number 43, the Morgan Law Group, which he will be running at Homestead. Uh, and it has that really cool gold black look to it, which looks like it shouldn't work, but I think it does. Uh, the Kevin Harvick number four Bush Light Retro that he ran at Darlington. The Ty Dillon number 42 Sunseeker. It's teal. I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. Uh, the Ryan Blaney number 12 discount tire. The Josh Berry Harrison's back to school. Um, and as of right now, those are all the freshest of fresh paints that we have for you. You guys can pre-order these and way more, as you know, at LionelRacing.com. Call our call center at one 800 And you can also hit up our other authorized Lionel Racing dealers. And it will always be posted on our Instagram story if you don't listen to our podcast You'll still know that, I guess, but look for them there. Thanks so much for coming to my TED Talk. Bye-bye. <laughs> I love it so much. I like that. If you don't listen to our podcast, what the hell are you doing right now? That's what I mean. <laughs> 
That's our new hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every week I struggle with what to put on the social media, like a graphic. I always try to pick out like a, a phrase that we say. That's what I'm going to put yeah. for my title this week is if you're not listening to our podcast, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> exactly. Uh, thank you, Carlene, for all that. And uh, once again, we've got a contest coming up or a giveaway, not a contest, but a giveaway coming up on our social media feeds. We'll tell you all about those for NASCAR Authentics fans in just a little bit. But first, over the last few weeks, we've gotten even more of our Ask Lionel Racing questions, and we want to get you some answers coming up next on Authenticated. few weeks ago we asked you to send in some hashtag ask lionel racing questions to us so that we can peel the curtain back a little bit give you some more insight on some of the uh inner workings of lionel racing and how we create our die cast how we get paint schemes we've uh, answered a few questions over the last few uh episodes of authenticated if you haven't listened uh, I think this is the third straight episode that we've answered some of your questions. The last two that we've had, uh, some really cool questions. Hopefully we got, uh, gave you a little bit more insight. Some of the things that, uh, maybe some new collectors might not have known on some of the processes of what we do here at Lionel racing. And we've got some other great questions that we've received on our social media feeds over the last few weeks. And, uh, we want to keep hearing more of your questions so that hopefully we can address them and get all the info out there that we can, uh, again, use hashtag ask Lionel racing, try to use it just on Twitter. Cause it's easier for us to track them that way and uh, also keep in mind if you do ask us questions uh, sometimes we can't answer your questions because of some partnerships and confidentiality we sign ndas with a lot of these teams you know non-disclosure agreements things like that that don't allow us to answer some of the questions that you might have as intelligent and relevant as those questions might be uh, but uh, hopefully between this segment here on our podcast, our social media feeds, where, of course, you can ask, also ask some questions, we hope to get you all the info you need because we know our collectors are so passionate, so dedicated to what we do, and uh, we want to get you all the information that we are able to get to you uh, so that you can continue uh, enjoying your diecast collecting. Uh, but first... Let's get to some of the questions, Carlene. What's uh, what's come across our Twitter feed over the last few weeks that we can uh, help some folks out with? Absolutely. The first question I have for you is, why is MOQ so high on most items? Well, according to our people, it's because we want to, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. We chose that number, apparently. Yeah. Just really don't want to make cars, so we'll set it at yeah. 500. Uh, trust me, folks. If, if you know think back 20 30 years in the heyday of nascar diecast collecting when we were making tens of thousands mm -hmm. of different paint schemes it was it's just a different world right now you know a lot of the programs that we offer uh are just scraping by to get to the minimum order quantity and those of you who might not necessarily know moq does stand for minimum order quantity uh so it, we have to hit a certain number of pre-orders for each diecast that's offered uh, in a 124th scale, that number is 504. For 164th scale, that number is 2,500. We have to have enough orders from you folks, the collectors that are listening, our wholesalers, dealers, teams, sponsors, what, what have you. We have to get that all of those ingredients into a big cake pan, you know, if you think of it that way. All of the numbers and all of the entities that sell our diecast have to give us orders. Those are the ingredients. At the end of the day, all those ingredients come together. We bake the cake, which is the which is the diecast that you will eventually get into your hands. Those numbers, 504 for the 124 scale and the 64 scale at 2500, were set by our factory. And a lot of folks, and when we bring this up on social media, they don't necessarily know this. We do not own that factory. We 
just like any, you know, any, if you, if you at home wanted to start building your own, I don't know, baseball bat, you would have to find somebody to manufacture it. Mm -hmm. You would either have to pay a manufacturing facility to do it, or you'd have to do it all on your own. Doing it all on your own is quite expensive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then if you can, you know, staff it, that's another issue. Uh, But in order to keep those minimum order, and when you have to do all that on your own, you have to raise prices. You have to raise, you know, margins in a way that you have to break even. That's essentially what the MOQ number is for Lionel Racing. When we get to those numbers, those are not just arbitrary numbers that we just pulled out of a hat. Those are used, or those were decided upon by our factory in order to be a break-even point. In order for there not to be a loss financially, you have to make a certain number. Uh, And it's really as simple as that. Uh, That's what those numbers uh, go into. And it's, it's materials, it's labor, it's not just those tangible things, but don't forget, folks, every single decal that you see on a die cast, that is, you know, licensed. A lot of times, you know, when you think sponsors and, and drivers and teams get royalties from those costs as well. So it's not, and, and we'll touch a, a, a little bit more on that uh, later on. So the, it's basically a big mathematical formula. And I am not a math guy. Correct. I think as you've already said that today. Have I? Yeah. yeah, I did. That's right. That was a long time ago. I'm getting hungry and tired and cranky. <laughs> I forgot that we even touched on that earlier on. But uh, again, those numbers, it, it's a big mathematical formula. People with way bigger brains than me figure out how that all works, right? But those numbers, they're not just pulled out of a hat. And, and yes, there are sometimes, um, you know, we have to pull numbers and certainly sometimes some of our wholesalers offer autographed items to help, you know, close that gap a little bit. Uh, the uh, elites, uh, special finishes and all that kind of go into that 504 number, uh, in, in any different way, uh, in order to get to that number. So, um, again, it, it's really just a big mathematical formula to land on those numbers. Sometimes it really does stink when MOQ is not met on a really cool paint scheme for mm-hmm. a really cool driver. And I know our collectors get bummed by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alex, I'll kind of, you know, nobody from our sales teams on our call today, but you used to be a part of the sales team and you interact with the sales team on a daily basis with I your do. projects. Every effort is exhausted to get to that 504 number on every project. Absolutely. Sponsors, teams, you, we go back to them going, hey, we're this short on this scale here. Do you guys want to pick up this or do you guys want to pick up that? Or do you know if the sponsor wants to add any more orders or, you know, our wholesalers, we go back to them and to your point with the autographs, depending on who has deals with who and so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of moving pieces and we do try to make as many die casts as we possibly can. So, yeah, to Matt's point, it does really suck when, you know. And, and again, some and we I've seen this on social media, Carly, and I'm sure you have, too. Um, people think that if we so it's 504, let's say it gets to like 495. Does it make does it miss MOQ? Well, usually if we're that close, we'll figure out a way to sell the other, whatever Mm -hmm. we have to do to get to that number. You know, if we end up taking more for our RCCA club or for, you know, LionelRacing.com, we'll we'll figure out a way to close the gap. When we DNP, which is do not produce a die cast, that number is significantly short of that 504 or 2500 for the 64 scale. Yes, absolutely. It has to be significantly lower than that number for us to go. "Hmm, Yeah, no. And And we've also exhausted 
every resource yes. to try to up those numbers and that has not succeeded. And then that's when we end up having to DMP that particular program. We have a, again, we're peeling back the, the curtain a little bit on this. Every Wednesday, we have a call about every diecast that's that's been out for uh, pre-order for the last few weeks. And our sales team will say, I contacted the team. The team said no, or the team said they pick up this many pieces, whatever it might be. We try to get there. We do everything we can to figure out how to get there. Um, all three of us in this room have fought for certain cars to be, mm-hmm. hey, let's figure this out because we uh, selfishly, I want this car, you know, whatever it might be. Right. Or, you know, sometimes there's cars that are uh, out there and be, and we might say, hey, have we thought about reaching out to X and X because, you know, maybe it's one of the sponsors that's maybe one of the smaller sponsors or something like that to try to say, hey, maybe they pick up, a, a, you know, 12 or 24 of these things that might get, bridge that gap a little bit more. Um, so we try to get every avenue covered there. Absolutely. And on top of everything we do to try and get sponsors and teams to pick up, we also need your guys' help too. So many times on social media, it just happened to me this morning, people comment blaming us that the car DNP'd, that we canceled it for no reason. And I asked somebody, did you pre-order it? And they said, no, but I was going to order it when it came in. You can't do that. That doesn't do anything for us because then we can't hit the MOQ because what, as we just stated, that if it's like 10 off or whatever, we'll usually pick it up. But I kind of gave them a hard time and I was like, well, maybe it's your one that didn't make the run. So uh, we do everything we can on our end, but we need you guys to do what you can on your end as well. And what a lot of people don't know is we don't charge until it comes into our warehouse and it's ready to ship. And if you talk to our call center, you can put your order on like a please alert. So when it comes in, you get like a week to figure out what you need to do. It doesn't just build right away. Right. Yeah, that's... That's, that's really good advice. There are different ways that we can work with you, you know, if you place your order with us. You know, I can't say other dealers and distributors might have similar things, but I know if with LionelRacing.com, um, you know, if you call one of our call center agents, they can work with you to try to figure out how, you know, look, I, I get it. Sometimes you might want to order $100 worth of die cast, but for many given week, you might not have that $100 on that credit card or something right. like that. We, we've all been there. We'll all still be there at some point. You know what I mean? So uh, I get that. You know, you never know what your finances are going to look like nine months from now when your diecast comes in. But let us know. And we'll see what we can do to help you out there. So uh, that is very good advice. What yeah. other kind of exciting things have uh, come across the social media world? Absolutely. Another big question that we get a lot is why don't we produce blank cars for customers to be able to create their own schemes or put their own decals on? Ooh, that's, that, that is a good question. Okay. And, and, and here's the best way that I can answer that. Every single part on a die cast from the shifter to the steering wheel, to the tires, to the body, to the chassis, to everything is licensed by someone. Lionel Racing is paying in some way or partnered in some way to have the licensing rights to reproduce those in die-cast form, okay? So the interior parts are licensed to us through NASCAR. Tires are licensed to us through Goodyear. Uh, Bodies are licensed through Ford, Chevrolet, and Toyota, okay? So we have licensing agreements with all of those parties that says we will reproduce die-cast replicas And in order to do that, we have to include all of those marks. And our licensing agreements with all of the teams indicate that we will reproduce replica diecast and we will not produce blanks because that would be in direct competition of that agreement. Right. So because we have those licensing agreements in place, we can't create anything blank because then if someone decides to 
put their own decals, maybe make their own custom die cast or something like that on a Toyota body or Chevrolet body or Ford body, whatever it might be. They are therefore selling, if they sell that product, they are selling an illegal product because all of those parties have licensing agreements and all of those people, all of those parties uh, have proprietary marks and logos and, and things like that, that if you produce something that is not authorized by those companies, you can be in trouble. So uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. So that's why we don't create blanks because if someone was to take one of those blanks and create something with registered marks on it without permission of the company who has that registration, they are creating an illegal product. Therefore, it's the same reason we, you know, we just don't do it. You know, we can't do it, nor should we do it because then we're passing off an opportunity for somebody else to be breaking the law. And that's not cool either. So that's, that's the short answer for why we don't do that. Very fair. All good points. Yes. Um, and a lot I actually didn't know. Uh, all right. So my final question is, who gets to put all the confetti on the diecast template? Is it an original designer or is it one of ours? And how long does it usually take? Did I not tell you you're going to start doing it? I am. <laughs> I did take an art class in college and I got like a decent marking on it. How are so, you with Microsoft Paint? Can you handle that? I can do paint. <laughs> Comic Sans? Are you Absolutely. like on Pam Beasley level art? No. Oh, okay. Uh, I can do my absolute best, though. No, perfect. I want to hand hey. paint every single one. Just send me oh, the diecast. I'll do it. Well, I, it's, strangely enough, that's not, I mean, we're not using paint and watercolors, but you that's essentially what we're doing. Um, so uh, basically what happens is the team will supply us with the art for how the car ran on track before before they won, you know, before it took the, the green flag. The base art. The base art. That's, that's exactly what it's called. They'll supply us with that. And if that car does win, um, sometimes we get the base art afterwards because maybe there's some different sponsors or things like that, and which is usually the case. Usually when we, if we pre-sell a, a die cast before it runs, there's a moderate chance that the car will look different when it, when it actually hits the track. So we'll get the updated art uh, from the race team. And then our artists will use photographs that were taken by an on-site photographer that we use. We use cameras and action CIA photography. Don Grassman and his whole team there do a fantastic job taking on-track photos. And they're also in victory lane every single week at the Cup Series and every single companion uh, race with the Xfinity Series and the Truck Series. They will take photos of, and you've seen them on our social media, I'm sure. You, they take photos of every car or every side, every corner, every angle of the car, to, and then they supply us with those photos, and we usually get them uh, within hours after the race, sometimes the next day or two. Um, and our photographer, excuse me, our artist, when it comes up in the art queue, because don't forget, we might already have a bunch of cars, you know, race wins from weeks prior, or standard cars, whatever it is, we have a whole queue that our three, we have three diecast artists. They have a queue of cars that are, that have come through their desk to, to work on. And then when, it, when the, this race win, let's just say from, Last week at Bristol, when that is on one of their calendars, we have someone that will assign that to the artist. That artist will then take those photographs and essentially kind of scan the um, race win images that were taken at the racetrack and then recreate every scuff, every single piece of confetti one by one. They will take, they will open up Adobe Illustrator with the flat art or with the art that the team supplied, take from one screen, and we have a great video. Our Jimmy Nelson uh, did a video when we were doing The Fix, uh, our old YouTube show, which I know a lot of people still miss, and someday we will bring that back. 
But uh, we had a great episode. Gosh, it was probably three, four years ago now where Jimmy actually showed us how he took the stars. I think it was off of Jimmy Johnson car uh, from the race win vi- uh, art or from the uh, victory lane photos and recreated each star and put it on the die cast uh, on the die cast art. It was it was fascinating. Like I literally stood there. I was uh, our Thomas Dubois was doing the interview with Jimmy while he was doing it. I was just there behind the camera and I was just like my jaw was on the floor watching like this. It's so tedious. It is so detailed the way that these guys take all of these photos, recreate every single scratch and scuff and watermark and gosh knows whatever else might be on these cars, puke, you know, whatever it might be from Noah Gregson um, (laughs) and recreate every single bit of it onto diecast art. That can take, depending on, you know, we've seen some race wins that look pretty clean, you know, like they just took the green flag. Those obviously go a little bit quicker. You think, uh, you know, uh, some of these other ones that have confetti from head to toe and all that stuff, that's going to take longer. Like the Blaney Daytona win last year. Yep. They hand drew every little piece of confetti, even though he wiped a whole lot off the hood. Still, that right. thing was covered. Yeah. And every single bit of that is done, you know, I don't want to say by hand, but it is by mouse click, uh, you know, in, il- in, in Illustrator. So it, it, it's tedious, it's time consuming, but when you see the end result, you appreciate how much work had to go into it. At least I hope you do, because some sometimes I'll get these cars on my desk after they, they're actually produced and be like, holy crap, these guys are crazy underpaid. How how, how, how hard they have to work to recreate this and stuff. And I tell you too, like the the tracks that have the different shape confetti too. Like if it's the shape of Texas or like right. you said, the stars or if the Coke, Coke bottles, bottles. Yeah. you know, and they hand draw all of them. They're not just like the little squares every week. It's, yep. It just varies on the track. So yes, please appreciate the die cast sitting on your shelf. Yes. They are quite impressive. Yeah. It, it, uh, kudos to Jimmy, Jeff and Kevin, our three artists. Uh, they, they do a fantastic job. Great guys. Uh, r- really fun to be around and everything like that. And, um, you know, kudos to those guys don't get enough for the credit, but, uh, they definitely deserve every bit that we can throw their way. So hopefully that gets you some of the answers to the things that you were looking for this week. But again, if you want to, if you still have some questions that we haven't yet addressed on the show, we want to get to your questions. So definitely hit us up, use hashtag ask Lionel racing, and we can get to your questions on future episodes of authenticated. We are going to wrap things up on this week's episode coming up next, though, and stick around because we also have that information on the NASCAR Authentics giveaway. All right, we're going to wrap things up on this week's show with our last lap highlight of the week. We're going to go around the room, talk about what we thought was the most important part of our lives in the NASCAR not the most important part of our lives because there's probably some things that we don't need to be sharing with strangers on our podcast, but uh, whatever are most important things in our diecast lives, I guess you can say, uh, over the last uh, couple of weeks. That's what we'll talk about first with Carlene. How about you? As you all probably predicted, my last lap highlight is the fact that Chris Buescher and the number 17 team went to victory lane. I'm so extremely excited for them. I have a lot of friends over at RFK. Um, It was up until 3 a.m. getting text messages and Mm. pictures and all that good stuff. Um, So the fact that Chris's diecast is up for offer, and it's also offered in two special finishes, which is kind of a big deal, and it was kind of hard to get agreement on. Um, So heavily, heavily suggest getting those special finishes. I have two of them currently on pre-order. I'm pumped. So that would definitely be my last live highlight. And as we talked about in the last segment, if you're thinking if you should pre-order them, 
definitely do it. Exactly. And you don't pay if it DNPs. So right. it just closes. No harm, no foul. That's right. But it won't because it's Chris Buescher and it's hype. Yes. Anywho. Just do it. <laughs> Boom. How about you, Alex? What was your last lap highlight? So uh, mine has to do with Saturday night too, but it's a little bit different. So Carlene and I need to have our own, I don't know, show or whatever, because we, Heck yes. ha- we had a conversation going just about everything that was going on in the race. And it's hilarious. Um, you know, I would share some screenshots with you right now, but yeah, it, it's just really funny. Do you want what me did to we say? Oh, oh, what did I say? Yeah, okay. Yeah, um, I, mean, yeah I should probably. It all started with a gif. It's when Blaney wrecked. And I said, all Blaney fans right now. And it says, oh, crap. And it's just some dude shaking his head. <laughs> and yeah, it's just, I can't read some of these. <laughs> Essentially, Wait, if anyone wants to be part of our racing. <laughs> we had a great part? conversation that we can't tell you about. Oh. Exactly. If you guys want to be in a racing group chat, we should start one of those, oh, like, yeah. what's up, WhatsApp. And what's have, oh. if any of our followers, fans out there, want to be a part of Alex and I's just absolute okay. chaos. Sorry, there this was sounds one. Like a bad idea. There sounds was like, one where Bob Hockris did tweet, Blaney's 25 let down, and somebody did comment too many laps down for Leonardo DiCaprio. That was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that was. I'll take that. Yeah. But yes, that. that Essentially, was we're hilarious. Yes, we deserve our own show. And if you haven't watched the NASCAR Next Filler Special on NASCAR.com or on the YouTube channel, that is also very funny because it has a lot of the guys who are out there running, the Young Guns, the Bubba's, the Daniel, Ryan Blaney, Corla Joy, Kyle Larson, and even Brandon McReynolds, who they give crap for for being Ross Chastain's spotter and causing half of the chaos all through the year but you know i i'm i'm bummed but at the same time kind of thankful that they that uh, of the time that nascar had with that whole nascar next program because there were some great drivers that came through that program um and, and i was working i know here i go again uh working on the short track scene when those guys were all you know in the canon pro series as it was called then or you know in the late model ranks and things like that working their way up and just about every single person that was ever in that NASCAR next program has gone on to something successful in the motorsports world. You know, yeah, a lot of them are successful cup series drivers, champions, all that. Uh, but even a guy like McReynolds who, you know, he's a spotter for Ross Chastain, but he's developed a really uh, good kind of marketing brand with that clear 28 agency. Uh, and uh, uh, Brandon McReynolds, I've known him since he was racing bandoleros and, uh, a lot of good minds, not just good drivers, but a lot of good minds came through that program. And kudos to NASCAR for doing that to kind of showcase some of their younger talent back in the day. And I think it's a multi-show program because mm-hmm. they said yeah, next up or whatever on it, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. I really liked that. They were like all field fillers too. That's what they yep. called themselves. Yeah. So the field filler fairgrounds was a go-kart track at Corey LaJoy's dad, you know, Randy LaJoy's uh, seat shop here in Concord. I saw many a go-kart races there. Remember seeing guys probably should have died in some of the wrecks there. Um, there's some great videos out there. If you search YouTube, they actually had a pretty cool uh, YouTube series going at the Field Filler Fairgrounds um, back in the day. It, it, it's highly entertaining. Go kart, you know, talking smack, and it was it was a good time there. Um, and you know. I, I, I'd be interested in watching more of that and kudos to NASCAR too. Um, a lot of cool multimedia stuff that they've got going on, you know, with this, oh, yeah. uh, drive to the championship, I think it's called that show mm-hmm. on USA, which is really good. That's really good. Um, uh, you know, so being able to showcase some of these personalities, 
outside the racetrack has been uh, a really cool thing to, to, to witness because we talked on the last episode how, or how we appreciated those shows back in the, you know, NBS 24 seven and, and, you know, things like that um, to showcase some of these drivers personalities. And um, hopefully we see more things like that. And uh, my last lap highlight again, just Ty Majeski going to victory lane in the truck series, uh, been a big fan of his for a long time the inaugural winner of the kawiki driver development program and i know a lot of people uh, i hate it that people were booing him because he didn't do a burnout uh at so exactly so growing up in wisconsin obviously he's got a polish background as well uh but alan kawiki being you know a god to wisconsin short track racers right um the kawiki driver development program um was started up by the uh, estate of alan kawiki and a man named tr tom roberts um that awards uh seven thousand dollars plus two they select seven short trackers every single year to compete for this prize and at the end of the year they win like 50 something thousand dollars or something like that if they win the championship for the kddp and uh uh, ty majeski was the very first winner of that so and he and obviously alan kawicki's kind of little mascot was mighty mouse right so he alan kawicki always that was kind of his little mascot so even you know on the short track side when time Majeski runs he still has the mighty mouse on his fire suit so you know obviously yes ty when he won that race on thursday night wanted to keep his truck you know in good shape to take it to phoenix because now he's going to race for a championship there but doing the polish victory lap meant more to him than doing a burnout meant to the you know thousands of people that were sitting in the grandstands so if you didn't know that background you might have think you oh, know why didn't this guy just do a burnout he just won bristol his first race right but there's a reason why he didn't do it. Two reasons, actually. Keeping the truck in one piece and also to honor his hero, Alan Kowicki. So that was a really cool deal. Go back and watch the 1990 championship at Atlanta, I think, on YouTube. Yes. Yeah. And uh, um, But that's a great program, that KDDP program. I, I got to be a part of that, uh, not as a driver, but just on the media side for a few years. And uh, uh, really good people uh, there with that program. So there's my short track soapbox one more time. I'm getting Every pr- last That was highlight. a good one, though. It was a good one. Right. Well, thank you. At least I'm good for something, we'll but take that. yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, you know, blind squirrels find nuts, right? <laughs> uh, so those of you who have been waiting for that NASCAR Authentics giveaway, we're going to make this super duper quick and easy for you. You're going to see a post on our social media feeds that says, here's our episode, episode 24 of Authenticated, uh, with links to the show. All you got to do is retweet it on Twitter. If you're on Twitter, you see our post, retweet it. That's all you got to do. We will select one lucky fan to win a NASCAR Authentics four pack, the ni- the twenty yeah nineteen ninety, the twenty twenty one championship four uh, four pack of diecast one sixty four scale, uh, really cool. Check out our social media feed. We actually gave a couple of those away on our Twitter uh, earlier in the last couple of weeks or so. Um, it's a Walmart.com exclusive, except for the ones that we can give away. So we want to make sure that uh, go, those go into diehard NASCAR Authentics collectors' hands. Gave away two uh, really cool prizes. I know those folks are really excited to get those. Um, Super excited. They just mailed out today. Awesome. So, uh, But we want to give one more away. We might find some more hanging around the office at some point. But I know we got at least one that we can give away uh, to someone who shares this post on our twitter account that's all you got to do it's super easy if you can't figure that out i can't help you but uh uh, and we will announce the winner on our next episode of authenticated in the next couple of weeks so definitely stay tuned for that so on uh, on that note we will finish things up here today so on behalf of carlene and alex i am matt thank you so much for joining us once again on authenticated and we will see you down the road as we get closer to crowning the 2022 nascar cup series champion 
Follow Lionel Racing on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok, and use hashtag AuthenticatedFan.